Well, welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I am Bishop Sean Cooper, and I tell you, it is a joy to share with you here on Legacy Leadership Alliance. Legacy Leadership Alliance is a weekly podcast dedicated to emerging generations and thought leaders for legacy transference in the marketplace, educational systems, and religious institutions. Legacy Leadership Alliance four points are legacy, mentorship, PK Alliance, and pastoral infrastructure. Welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I am so excited. Last week, we had an incredible uh, conversation with my good friend, Pastor Ken Baker. And Pastor Ken is the founder of the New Covenant Evangelical Christian Center. Pastor Baker has been in ministry, listen, you that are leaders, for 45 years with spiritual roots that stem from his Pentecostal upbringing like mine, right? Pentecostal. And that is uh, the Faith Temple Church of God in Christ in San Francisco. Also, Pastor Ken is, is currently the head of talent acquisition for one of the leading digital healthcare companies. He's a man of creativity, he's a thinker, and we're so glad to have him uh, once again. Pastor, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, Bishop, doing good. This is, is, I appreciate the honor and the opportunity to have another, another conversation, because this is a conversation that is uh, very exciting, and, and I just appreciate the opportunity to share with you and your audience just some thoughts. Well, let me, let me say that we really had a great uh, time last week and just discussing uh, this intersection between the sacred and the secular, you know, dealing with the everyday life of uh, work. Um, of course, your career field, you're dealing with technology and digital health care. Uh, that by itself is what we last week called big intense. But then you have that other uh, dynamic, Pastoring God's people. And man, I'm telling you, it is such a unique uh, position. In fact, statistics suggest that that would be more common. Of course, I've been full-time, meaning I've been a uh, full-time pastor uh, for many, many years. Uh, of course, I've written books and built business, businesses and things of that nature. But um, they say statistically, going forward, there'll be more pastors operating in, in these two platforms, um, the secular and the sacred. They would have career fields. They'd be working as plumbers and, and electricians and pastoring at the same time because how the economy has transitioned, uh, the, the nation or the world itself have um, changed. Um, and so we, we are in that space right now. So, Pastor, just to piggyback on a few things, um, how do you think, uh, what is the best way to function in that space uh, between the secular and the sacred? Okay, a couple of things that, that happened probably about a month or two ago, as, as I alluded in, in the sort of first, you know, the first uh, time we, we, we start to talk about it, um, it has been a struggle for me because, because I was taught that they were two different worlds, that there was the sacred and there was the secular, and that you really couldn't operate effectively in that way. Now, 
we know if we study our Bible, you can't really find that because you know that David was also what? He was king and priest. That's right. You know, he operated in, in, in two in multiple dimensions. We know that Paul, the apostle, had multiple dimensions. We know that the uh, that Peter, they ran a fishing business and <laughs> now they left that to follow Jesus, which but you don't never hear that they closed the fishing business down. You know, the Bible don't tell you whether they left cousin whoever <laughs> running right. the enterprise. You, you don't you don't you don't know about that, but you don't hear Peter and James and John saying we don't have, you know, we too hungry too many times. <laughs> right. So 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 you kind of think about some there's some things that, that are in there, but 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 it, it, it's been a, been a challenge. Look at Daniel the same way. I mean, he was, was a prophet. Yes. Prime minister. Yes. At the same time. Right. 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 So it's been it's been it's been a struggle in one way. But 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 here's what what John Revere helped me recently reconcile. This is what he said. He said there is no separation of sec- secular and sacred and secular. He said your life is ministry. He said, everything about you is ministry. He said, the reason you want to do a good job, be a good employee on your job, is you are representing God and you are ministering by the excellent work that you do. He said, when you get up, you are ministering. When you go to the store, you're ministering. He said, your whole life is ministry. When I heard that, Bishop, my my heart said, wait a minute. I don't have to struggle between the two because they are one and the same. I minister at work, and I minister to the people. Anytime I open my mouth, I'm representing God in some kind of a way, which puts an accountability and a responsibility on how I carry myself in those different environments because I am ministering for the king. I'm on assignment. Well, listen, I I want to make a little turn here. Okay. And I want us to pick up with the thought I asked you last week and we didn't really uh, get into it, but I think it's relevant. And a lot of those that have been leaders really need to hear this of navigating through this pandemic um, as a pastor. And then from a, prof- uh, from a pro- professional side as well, you said that it was difficult. And yeah. I think all of us as leaders have felt the weight. Um, what, would you say to leaders that are struggling with this insecurity because um, of the transition and the change, it has made us question our effectiveness. It has made some even question their value because there's a difference preaching to people that are physically as opposed to talking to people on a screen, okay? And then the inner workings that go or the inner challenges that go uh, into that, and I'm sure it is happens professionally as well. What what would you say? How do you overcome that? Uh, if you dealt with that, what what do you think is the the strategies to win in in this emotional battle? Yeah, so a couple couple of things. Yeah, it, it is a, a continued struggle. It, it is something you deal with. But I'm going to go back to uh, something that um, you know our friend Bishop Apostle Hooks said many years ago. Uh This is what he said when he came to my church. He said, you're called. Do you know how powerful that is? I'm called. So I'm called. So if the feedback is not there, if the accolades are not there, I've been called to this. 
Yeah. And so if if I can resolve in my heart and mind that the call has not changed. Come on now, man. If I know that God has still got his hand on me. That hooks is something else, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- 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 then, then, when I, then when the times where I question myself, I'm caught. Let, let me give, give you an example, Bishop. Many years ago when we, we started the church, and this is my story, I was driving along. I had a little black BMW, and I was zooming along. And, and I was just struggling with all of this. And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I was driving. He dropped in my car. Holy Spirit dropped my car. And he said, Ken, he said, you will not be on PC Magazine. He said, the reason you are alive is to preach the gospel. Your only reason for being alive is to preach the gospel. That is who you are. That is what you're going to be. So don't be looking to be on PC Magazine. You are called to preach. Mm. I start crying. It, it, it said, I've been born to do this. My call is the reason I'm alive, Bishop. I, I almost died in 1998. I almost died when yeah. I, I had three different incidences that were supposed to take my life out. But because of the call, because of the assignment, I'm, I'm here. And yeah. so when you know that you're at death's door, when you know that I had an infection the size of a football in my appendix, I was supposed to die. Yeah. And there's no way I'm supposed to be here, but I'm called. So now when I feel less than and I feel broken and I feel like they don't care, I sit back and what I hear is, you've been called. Yeah. You're called. So, so I say to the leaders, you got to go deal with the call. Now, once you identify that you are called, that the assignment hasn't changed, now we got to pivot because the whole world has changed. So that means do I go a digital presence, a hybrid presence? Do I, again, have a way of connecting with the audiences and the groups of people so that my message is relevant but still spiritually grounded? And now I start to think about the different mediums, the platforms in which I communicate. But it all stems from, am I still called? Do I believe I'm called? Because we know that the gifts, they're not revoked. They don't, they, they, he doesn't give them to you and take them from you. He, he called you for a reason. And leaders, and he, have, go, leaders go have, they have to grow in, in that particular call. Yeah. And, um, this pandemic was definitely something that provoked um, a sense of awareness of yeah. uh, have to, we have to be clay in the master's hands. We have to pivot. We have to be able to transition. We have to, because I know within uh, our particular ministry, um, we were already doing digital, you mm-hmm. know, ministry and on, you know, Facebook and uh, YouTube and things of that nature prior to it. However, what this did is that it, it it provoked the ministers around us to get more engaged in these platforms, which meant that they had to grow. You know, a lot of them have been on camera before. They never set up an iPhone and the lighting had to be right. And, you know, so they had to, they had to pivot and they had to grow. We had to, we changed uh, some of our systems in the church. Mm-hmm models in the church, uh, from just ministry to modules, wow. have organization, ministration, structure. Um, 
you know, we had to grow. And I think that uh, in the process of that, uh, we were able to see some of these idols, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, God yeah. didn't cry um, because you can't, you can't touch people. You can't hug people. You can't get a response. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these are some of the challenges. And a lot of leaders, I think, have burned out. We've, we've, we've heard uh, um, even reports of uh, mental breakdowns and yeah. also quit and commit suicide. What do you say about the pressure of these spaces and these transitions, you know, these intersections? You know, how do we overcome just dealing with the pressure? I know that one thing, you got to know you call. And I think that sums it up really in a nutshell, because once you know you, but then there are those uh, inner workings of, of, of where the enemy imparts insecurities and, you know, pressure of how to transition and, and making things work. What do you say about even just dealing with that? So, so no man is an island. Bishop, you know, you and I have talked over the years. Yeah. You know, one of the things I appreciate is you allow me to be different. <laughs> and I throw out these different ideas and you never tell me, Ken, you crazy. It oh. don't make no sense. What's oh. wrong with you? You know, yeah. what type of preacher would be thinking about this stuff? You need, a, you need friends that you can, can talk to even when you feel like throwing your hands up that can come alongside you and, and at least listen to what your struggle is because the enemy always wants to isolate you. The reason he got to Eve is he, he pulled her off to the side. Whether Adam is there or not, there's a debate about it, but he talked to her individually. And so the enemy loves to get you by yourself and then tell you you have missed it. You know, you missed God. You, you, you missed your time. You're too old. Everything has changed. You don't have it anymore. And if you don't have anyone to come alongside you and say, you can be relevant if you haven't been. You can pivot. You can be agile. Here's some resources. Here's some tools. Here's a forum of men of like mind that you can sit down and talk to so that you don't feel so alienated. So you, you need a circle, or maybe a small circle. That's what I re recommend every leader. Find you some folks that love you enough to let you be different. You know, and it's so important um, that we don't allow the pressure to isolate us um, because that's what happens. When you get under pressure, the devil wants you to isolate yourself, and then you start, uh, you know, looking within. Yeah. And um, you start belittling yourself. You start, um, you know, asking yourself, do you matter? Are you being impactful? But to have, like you said, someone. Jake said, God don't give you everybody, but he'll give you somebody, right? And I know yeah. for me, between my wife and, and Bishop Hooks and, and yourself and others, man, you guys remind me of who I am in God, you know, who I am. Um, in terms of my purpose and um, so that I don't have to go through those identity crisis. And then I guess another thing, would you agree, because uh, I know you said the call and then having someone to keep you accountable, but do you agree um, also that we as leaders got to find the Sabbath? I mean, we have to find 
arrest within our soul uh, so that we can rest our minds because um, this is war and it, it does affect your family. It does affect your marriage. And if you don't have that quiet time and, um, you know, being able to find tranquility, you're going to be in trouble. What do you say about that? Yeah, no, that's important. That's the area I struggle because I got an A-type personality. Yeah, you I'm, like I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I'm yeah. running, I, you know, I'm, I'm husband, I'm father, I'm grandpa, I'm all these things, your pastor. I got all these things in my family. You know, they're the ones that say, hey, we, we over here, we, you know, we, we don't want pastor. We want dad or we yeah. want husband. We want whatever. And, uh, you know, can, you know, are you going to are you going to take off some time? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, who, who's going to take care of, care, care of the church? And, and then, and it's like, but then I got this Zoom meeting at work. And then my family said, and when all of that is gone and all of that's in you in the ground, what are we going to do? So I am extremely challenged yeah. in that space of one breaking away. But here's the thing that I, I think is, is maybe not, not talked about is what does rest mean? for an A-type person, maybe like myself. Rest in some respects is not necessarily sitting on the patio and looking at the blue sky, which I do sometimes. Yeah. Rest for me sometimes is that assignment, that project is done. Mm -hmm. And my mind goes, I am so glad that PowerPoint is done. I'm so glad I accomplished this thing. Now I exhale. And now I'm ready to be father, husband, grandpa to my family because that thing that was on me is now done. And it's helping those folks, uh, those people that I care about, understand that I don't rest necessarily by just sitting in a space and, quote, doing what they call nothing. I rest sometimes knowing that the task is now quiet or, or at a certain point. Now I can come over and, again, relax in that moment and then know that it's okay. Now I can come back and pick that thing up. So, again, it's something I struggle off and on with and continue to try to get myself to be able to take that Sabbath because I know I need it. You will run on empty. You will burn out. It will be bad but trying to help myself grow. So that's an area I got to grow in well, I, because I, I struggle. I think that is something that most of us leaders struggle with. It is, it is a struggle. Of course, we know the scripture says um, that, there is a, there, that we can labor, but there is a rest in the labor. Yes. When we finish the assignment, uh, uh, then we rest because leisure doesn't always mean rest. I mean, I can go out there fishing, but if, I got 10 assignments that need to be done. <laughs> I'm having some leisure, yeah. emotional, mental rest. Yes. What we're saying is that God gives us grace. Yes. To handle a very um, multidimensional, complicated assignment. We yeah. do six things at once. But in that grace is supernatural. We can't do it without his grace. But in that grace is God gives us wisdom. And knowing how or when to pull out before the burnout. Oh, yeah. Wow. Give us grace to get in, in those quiet places, right? Yeah. Where we were able to hear the birds and things, and it, and it all uh, measures out. It all, in, in the course of the day or the week, 
it measures out that we're not burned out. We may be tired, but but we're still resting in the labor. Yes. And then we got to grow, man. I mean, uh, every leader I've talked to struggled, um, for the exception of few. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to help me, <laughs> in, <laughs> right, where they can just shut it all down any minute at any time and, you know, everything is beautiful. But uh, I guess we all need to grow in that. <laughs> I'm not hating them. I'm just saying we just need to, <laughs> need to grow. Well, listen, uh, Pastor, this, man, my friend, this has been a great conversation. We've, and I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question, but we've mm-hmm. just functioning between those intersections, between sacred and, and secular. We, we talked about, uh, you know, navigating through the, the pandemic as pastors and, and, and a professional, your professional side. Um, so I want to ask one more question, and this is going back to uh, the professional side or career side. What opportunities uh, do, do you foresee going forward in these career spaces, you know, that we're dealing with? You are on the front line of uh, technology. You're in the, the corporate America. Uh, your job descri- uh, description is, um, how do you say it, talent Acquisition. Yeah, we're acquiring talent. Basically, we, 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 we look for people. I acquire people. A talent. That's, that's, that's amazing. So you're looking for people that can shake it up. You know? Right, right. The best that's, and the brightest around the world. That's who yeah, I go after. Very unique uh, career field. So what do you, what would you say going forward are the opportunities Everyone needs to get some type of a technology foundation in their, in their wheelhouse. In some way or another, almost everything you do has a technology bent to it, and you want to be on the leading edge of that transition because the world is going to automate. There are certain things that people will always do, but there's a whole lot of stuff that they will not have people doing, robots, chartbots, Robots will be doing it. Even you, you know, let, let's, let's be practical. Even when you apply for a job now, more than likely your resume is not read by a human first. It is read by a set of algorithms that tee up your profile in front of the recruiter that's dissecting who you are and maybe even scoring you before you even get a set of eyes on it. So there's someone who wrote that algorithm that created that AI model. And so what I'm saying is that everyone, no matter where you are, start to understand where your industry is going and get on board with the technological innovations and things that are happening and go learn that. Learn what it is. You don't have to be the one programming the program, but be the one who knows how to use the program. You know, if you're in a contact center where they're using chart bots and all of that to be the first line of defense in terms of tackling a call, you need to understand what is it? What, what, is the, what is the basis for that? How is it replacing me or, or, or augmenting me to make me better? And so anyone who's not going to sit on their laurels and begin to follow the innovation, they're going to always, quote, have some level of employment, whether they be inside the corporation or a consultant or a gig worker to it. Because, right. again, it's about knowledge. If you right. know it, then you have value. Powerful. Well, folks, you've heard it. This is uh, Ken Baker, Pastor Ken Baker. Um, 
Pastor, if you don't mind, uh, if you have any f- final words um, that you'd like to talk to these leaders about going out of, uh, of the program, and then how could they get a hold of you? Because I think that uh, they need to have you to come in and teach and, and minister and just um, talk to perhaps their leadership or, or their, uh, I mean, most ministers, ministries have um, ministry for entrepreneurs and, you know, people that are in the, the community or whatnot. But, uh, you know, let them know how they can reach you. But final words. So a couple of things, Bishop. One, I, I appreciate the forum because we don't have a lot of places where folks like you and I, other leaders, can just talk and have, have that safety of, of the journey. I want to encourage leaders. It is a journey. We've not arrived. We're all in process. I want to encourage, and encourage them that you, you are called. You have an assignment. God is for you. He will equip you to accomplish the purpose. So don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. The world, is, the world needs you. The Bible says that the earth is groaning. Creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. The world is waiting for you. He didn't say the church was. He said the world. Yeah. The world is waiting for you to show up. And guess what? You carry the ultimate answer in your belly. Call the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so and since he's the spirit of truth, since he's the one that knows everything, why not walk in that boardroom like I've done sometimes, acting like I'm supposed to be there? I may be the only dot in the room, but I'm supposed to be there because I got the Holy Ghost inside of me, and I may have the answer to the problem. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, folks, you heard it. Pastor Ken Baker, my friend, man, I really love you and appreciate you. And, uh, man, I would like to do a follow-up uh, session with you uh, in the near future. Yeah. And I think we, we need to talk about that dynamic between how progressive God has used you in the secular, secular in the professional. Um, you've been all over the world, you know. Yeah. Uh, and God has used you dealing with your church as a pastor, a local pastor. Um, you, like I, my church is a couple of hundred people. Um, it's not what we call a large church. Uh, how does those two dynamic works? Because sometimes we can advance, uh, on our secular jobs or professionally. And it seems that our ministries or, uh, you know, what we're doing here for God is not moving as progressively as yeah. the- other platform. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that, Bishop, because that's again is 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 a struggle for me because my church congregation is extremely small compared to what's inside of me. And the one thing that one of my dear friends told me a few weeks ago, he said, "Ken, he said the local church is you have a group of people there." He said, "But God is expanding your pulpit." So I have forums where I interact with folks like yourself, Bishop, but I have a young man who is one of the top uh, under 30 CEOs in the company in a uh, education technology space that God has allowed me to be a friend to that young man, to pray for him, to be a a, a sounding board. And there are other uh, brothers that I've recently met that I am creating opportunities for them to get jobs. And again, it goes back to my friend said, God 
is expanding your, your, your pulpit, Ken. It's just, it's not where you are in the Bay Area. It is, he said, you're bigger, it's bigger than that. So stop struggling in your head about the numbers that you serve because the pulpit is getting expanded and it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's happening. And it goes back to what you said, it's all one, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's our perception. But we need to tackle that topic because there's a lot of leaders that struggle internally and the devil is trying to put them to sleep. And yeah. prematurely because they have the wrong perspective of the call. Well, folks, you have been listening to my good friend, Pastor Ken Baker. Um, I know you've been blessed. Um, so we love you. We, we're so glad here at Legacy Leadership Alliance that we could bring people on the platform that has a grasp on the King Jesus, who King Jesus is, their assignment. But also they're moving in other spheres uh, in the world to change the world educationally, economically, professionally. They're making it happen for the Lord. So we'll we'll see you next week. Remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse. You go with God and be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly blessed. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Leadership Alliance podcast. We invite you to continue to join us at the intersection of religion, education, and the marketplace as we provide synergy and faith toward the future. Follow us on all podcast platforms. Contact Bishop Sean at bishopshawn at gmail.com. And remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse.